Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this episode of the Four Center podcast feed is one of our deep dive episodes. We are going to deep dive into the idea of Star Wars versus the multiverse. That's a 
maybe kind of bombastic, exciting way to say we're going to talk about multiverses in time travel in Star Wars and all the complex feelings around those ideas. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napstock, happy to be jumping into a DeLorean and flying around the galaxy. We're going to find out. There's a lot of interesting things we're about to discuss here today, Joseph. I uh, I am looking forward to uh, diving on in. Excellent. I am looking forward and backward because this is our time travel episode. I think we will have had a great conversation. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we always want to uh, let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we're recommending the great book Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It is one of the first books in the new canon that really, really excites people it's a great entry point to reading star wars books or listening them to them so if you want to check one out and try it out i think lost stars is a great one to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash center again that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook and uh ken we have a, another offer right we also have this great offer from Insight Editions, publishers of a ton of great Star Wars books, Secrets of the Jedi, the Lightsaber Collection, one of my personal favorites because it's so pretty, Galaxy's Edge Cookbook, and they are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. Now, this excludes collectibles, limited edition products, and already discounted products, but there are a ton of great Star Wars books to grab. The offer lasts until Friday, January 8th at midnight Pacific time, so set your clocks. Get your discount. Go to the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC3535. So FC35 your way to some holiday joy and beyond. We really do, do love working with them, Joseph, uh, as we talked about on uh, Tuesday's show. We are uh, not just, uh, we're, we're customers. We're fans. <laughs> yeah, all their books. Yes, uh, all sorts of, uh, of great ones. So I encourage people to go check them out. Uh, but with that, let's dive into our big discussion about time travel and multiverse in Star Wars. Now, you and I, and I believe we had some guests. I, I'm really going back in the Wayback Machine in my mind. It might have been uh, John Roca and Emma Fife uh, in the mm -hmm. early days of Force Center. Uh, we had a conversation about multiverse in time travel in Star Wars, but it has been a while and there's been a lot of Star Wars since then. So I thought it was uh, worth revisiting. Uh, this uh, topic was suggested by our listener, uh, Nick Field. And I did want to take a, a, a moment uh, to say we love that people ask us questions. We love that people uh, ask, uh, hey, do you want to talk about this? Um, what we've done right now is on our Twitter page, uh, the prompt for questions is pinned at the top. If you want to ask a question, that is the best place to do it on social media because otherwise it's uh, just difficult for me to track down all the different places and ways uh, to find questions. So again, that is that Twitter prompt uh, for questions for Force Center is pinned at the top of our Twitter page. So check it out there. Um, are you ready then, Ken, for uh, Nick's question? I love it. You know, Nick uh, sends us a lot of great information. He's uh, been a long-time listener. Happy uh, to uh, get to this one from Nick. Yeah, so here we go. Nick says, Sony is trying a live-action Spider-Verse, and DC is doing something similar with Flashpoint. Uh, I, I will note for myself, uh, this is me talking, not Nick, that those are, you know, both uh, speculated, uh, solid reporting behind them, but they're not 100% confirmed at this point. Uh, but it's looking like Spider-Verse uh, and uh, Flashpoint are both happening. Uh, Nick continues, this might become the next big thing in Hollywood. 
Star Wars has recently introduced time travel in CGI de-aged actors. All three generations of the Skywalker saga in one mega crossover blockbuster. Could Lucasfilm do it? Should they? What would it even look like? Does this whole idea ignite excitement or dread? What if they do it and it fails? What if they do it and it succeeds? Uh, so, Ken, what's your just uh, basic overall reaction to to Nick's question? Uh, in terms of light side and dark, do you do you open and feel expansive or do you go to the dark side and immediately crunch in? Uh, use my power, Anakin. Um yeah, it's that last one. What if they do it and, and succeeds? That's the one I fear the most. <laughs> um, but no, we're gonna we're gonna get into some great stuff here, and and, and yeah, you never want to shut stuff down. And, and and what's in there? Only what you take with you. I will just start up top with some big stuff, Joseph. I, I you know I'm not a huge fan of time travel. I'm not a huge fan of multiverse kind, kind of stuff. I love conspiracy theories. I I you know, I don't know if I believe in aliens, but they they may run a gift shop on Mars. We might find it out. But when someone <laughs> come to me and, and talks about uh there's many dimensions i'm like get out of here nutball let me go chase bigfoot on my own i i uh it's just one <laughs> reasonable thing and but i get one of my favorite favorite franchises as as shared with many people back to the future grace and i just watched all three last week so i'm not opposed to that kind of stuff this is why i'm as always love sitting down with you when i don't have my own like i don't know my own path forward <laughs> What that conversation is going to be. So that's what I think about Nick, uh, Nick's comments uh, uh, when it, when that question comes in. Dear God, what if they do it and it succeeds? Yeah, yeah. The concern that that is now uh, the way of things that uh, Star Wars will always be uh, skipping and hopping across time. There will always be uh, seven different versions of uh, Luke Skywalker. There will be Golden Age Luke Skywalker and Bronze Age and Grant Morrison Luke Skywalker. Then they'll all meet. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely... Uh, you know that yeah. I think that is the, the where I go if if they do it and it succeeds would that become all? Uh, also, we want to shout out here at the very top of this conversation. Uh, many of us watched and enjoyed the Star Wars Lego Holiday Life Day Special, which uh, you know that's always you know canon near canon respectful. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it, it takes the characters and and makes those Lego shows always make sure that the characters are the characters that we know. They might be a little bit more uh, comedic or fun or silly, but they are the characters we know. They're in the time periods we know, but it's not trying to be like, yes, this has absolutely happened. Uh, But there, of course, was that Star Wars uh, Life Day special where kind of this happened, right? Ray went to a temple and uh, found this uh, way to travel through time, and there was all these cross-generational adventures. And uh, and that classic time travel story of, we need to put it all right. Uh, so that that storytelling does exist, but not in the, yes, that's the next Star Wars movie, Taika Waititi's uh, Star Wars Travels Through Time, uh, but the, it does exist in Lego Holiday Special. So with that caveat out of the way, Ken, when we have talked about this before, uh, we've both come down on the perspective that Star Wars is a story about destiny and choices, and those choices need to truly have weight. Like Anakin can never not have fallen, for example, because that is the story of Star Wars. Destiny led him to a choice. He made it. And then there are ramifications uh, that that spread out through the decades across the galaxy. And I think that has been our resistance to time travel and multiverse is that there's that weight of choice that matters in Star Wars. Do you still feel that way? Or over the years, have you had a different perspective on that? I, I think I probably even feel more like that be as uh, uh, you and I and, and Jennifer over the last couple of years have just taken some of these deep dives into the themes of Star Wars. Like 
that matters to me. And I, f- I guess I even fight back in other storytelling. I like when it's used. I like when it's used properly. You can, and, and again, I'll mention the back, back to the future thing, which is just kind of this, it's fun, fun. It asks questions and all that. And there's some themes and you can dive. We can, you know, our, my our Brad Gilmore from Schmodown. A lot of people know Brad Gilmore wrote a great book. He's back to the future. He's a big, back to the future guy. That's his own kind of thing. This, I, yes, I want weight. I want ramifications. I don't want Bran whispering into the mad King's ear, burn them all because he knows about the white walkers. No, I, I want, I want the, the, the mad King's choices and madness to matter. And I don't want to have to go back and wrestle with at what point was it him? At what point was it? brand all those kind of things and yes here i am bringing game of thrones in already but <laughs> they did it well but they 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 the way they used it, it, it with the three-eyed raven all that kind of stuff for those who are familiar with the game of thrones thing it, it, there, there's things that affect the story but the ink is uh as, as uh, the three-eyed raven says the past is already written the ink is dry i i just i need that because i want to know that what the characters did is what they did that does really affect me you don't want the Mad King's choice to be Bran's choice because you want every character to have their own agency and have the uh, victories or consequences because of their own personal choices, right? Yes, in 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 the here and now, in the here and now, yeah. Um, and again, we're talking. Per- you mentioned I'm, I'm, you have to mention Lego thing because that was so fun, right? And uh, into the Spider Verse, all that kind of stuff fun and inspirational and important i'm not gonna you know as we keep discussing this there's there's no resistance to that kind of storytelling to me if it matters and and to, and to the people it matters to i just yeah for me asking the question yeah i i can't have yeah yeah you get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think it is i think this is our, our opportunity ken for you and i to cut loose and uh talk about other things that we like besides star wars because we need yeah. to in order to make this comparison you know if you can work the beatles in if i can work guns and roses in we're gonna do it yeah. uh but no i i feel the need to clarify because i do feel differently about star wars uh that it is so much about destiny and choices and that the choices the characters make are kind of locked in stone. We're going to talk about the world between worlds. Don't, don't worry. Um, And I can see somebody going like, well, why doesn't that uh, apply to Dr. Who or to the MCU or to spider verse? Um, And I think for me, it is a little bit about world building and the world that the characters live in is what gives the, um, the different, uh, uh, stories, their flavor. Uh, you take something like Doctor Who, and it is it is a time travel show. It has always been, and the show, since its very beginning, has wrestled with what can and cannot be changed in the past. There's very early episodes where the Doctor's companions are wanting to change things, and the Doctor's like, "No, we can visit times, but we can't." change them there's a very early uh, episode about the aztec culture where the doctor is saying like but if you stop this if, if you intervene on this one part of the aztec culture then the rest of the aztec culture won't go forward you can't cherry pick it it's history that of course changes to the point where the uh, idea in doctor who is that time is in flux and there are some moments there you've always been there it's always been the way it is there's some moments of like well, that can be rewritten and, and you know, maybe it should be. And then there are other moments that are locked moments in time. Um, so it with something like Doctor Who, there is still that weight of choice. It's just that what's always has been on the table is is time travel uh, because that's what the show is. Um, 
and and it's a little bit of what makes Doctor Who and Star Wars different too in, in the way that fans approach canon. The idea of what is and is not canon in Doctor Who is is ridiculously bonkers because it's a time travel show, you know, yeah. uh, and, and kind of in there are all different dimensions of all kinds uh, that he crosses over at different points um, the, that the doctor crosses over at different points. So for me, it, like the doctor still in the companions, their choices have weight and there are some things in their own personal life. They can't go and intervene. There are many great uh, shows. Uh, Father's Day by Paul Cornell in the new series is, is about not being able to intervene in, in your own uh, past uh, or can you? Um, so it, that weight is still there, but it's just, it, it's a different palette. Uh, and, and then I think for me, the MCU and the Spider-Verse is one of the things that's beautiful to me about the MCU is uh, anything goes. That's the way it has been in the Marvel comics of, you know, there are gods from Norse mythology. There is impossibly advanced tech. There's uh, other dimensions. There are aliens. There's, uh, you know, Dracula is real in the Marvel comics, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's anything. And that's part of what is like the fun about it of Marvel dumps all the toys of any legend that's ever been. And, and I would argue that, that, you know, DC does that as well of let everything goes. There are gods, there are monsters, there are tech geniuses, there are, you know, humans who have trained themselves to the height of uh, peak physical and mental perfection. All those things go and are a part of that world. So, and that's kind of from the get go. So I think for me, some of it is just kind of uh, the aesthetic and the flavor of the world. Yeah, I mean, look, I enjoyed Quantum Leap growing up, too, and uh, so I didn't watch it as religiously as other people might have. Uh, yeah, it, it, like you mentioned the MCU stuff. It it works to me there, and, and, and it's not that you can't tell the big themes and learn the lessons and characters interacting from different times can't teach you things, too. I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that, that Star Wars is the only one that teaches things. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It, it, you could use it. It's just... Uh, reasons perhaps i can't fully explain because star wars is a very very spiritual experience to me always kind of has been that's what i talk about that's what i write about that's what i podcast about is is hey that little thing moved me uh, and and that's where i watch it so it's just it's, it's i just have some different demands for it i guess where it doesn't um doesn't affect me as much in in, in you know end game it, it works very well and it's tension filled and it's fun and it's and it's cheeky at times I and there's it. still there's absolutely weight of choices of you know can we do this can we take this risk is it worth mm -hmm. it you know and and they yeah. they opened up a delightful can of worms with the with the time travel that i think the storytelling will take a long time unpacking you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah in spider-verse is you know it, the it is absolutely baked into uh, that storytelling in particular, you know, just the movie into the Spider-Verse that it, it, its whole message is, you know, anyone can wear the mask. So it, mm. it funnels very much into that is the core idea. I think, and I think maybe, uh, thank you for uh, bearing with me as I talk through all of the other things I like. That's no, great. I think it might be almost for me a little bit of uh, like starting positions. Doctor mm. Who starts as a time travel show. It, it is about all of those choices. Um Marvel starts with, even if you just go to the MCU and it starts with Iron Man and it's, it starts with this just great, like, what if the impossible was possible? That's the perspective it starts with of like, what other wonders could be out there? You know, by first Iron Man ending, 
uh, with the like, you think you're the only, you know, person with with gifts, with abilities, you know, uh, mm. from Nick Fury. It, it invites that like this whole world is ripping open. Now you combine that with Star Wars in even just uh, A New Hope, even before it was called A New Hope, when it was just Star Wars, when it was just a movie. The weight of the unchangeable past is there right in that first movie, you know, with uh, with um, Uncle Owen not wanting Luke to leave because he's too much like his father. And with, you know, old Ben in his hut with that, just the weight of those memories of, you know, your your father was was killed. The uh, the empire has destroyed the old ways, you know. And there's such a sense of, even with no other storytelling in Star Wars, if the only thing that existed is that movie from 1977, there would be a sense of trauma and weight and responsibility of the past. And then here's Luke and Leia and Han trying to forge ahead and make something new. And I think that might be for me what 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 it is about star Wars is like, there's all this other storytelling that we're talking about, but it starts from a position of the past happened and there isn't anything we can do about it. But what about now? Yeah. 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 Which speaks to me on a lot of, a lot of levels, including, including just big life issues and, and the history of our own country of, of uh, yes, that was, that was how we got here, but we're here. And how do we go forward? That's a big kind of philosophical, you know, discussion for me about let's, the only way forward right now, or the only way is forward and finding that. I love that. I love connecting that uh, to New Hope. That's great. Yeah. And then I think the, um, I think a lot of, you know, more modern storytelling uh, deals with it a little bit more explicitly. Um, a lot of great storytelling with Darksiders um, with this idea of you, you made a choice, you hurt a lot of people. You can't ever change that, but you can still make a different choice now. You know, that's so much in the story of Anakin and Kylo. It's, it's great. It's made, I think, wonderfully explicit, that idea in Charles Sewell's Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. Uh, so on the on the one side, there's the, like, have you done awful things in the past? How do you cope with that? You know, and then I yeah. think on the more light side, you know, we've been talking a lot about this idea of letting go, that, that weight of the past being the past being immovable really adds to that idea of, of letting go of you can't change what has uh, come before just move forward, you know? Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You summarized it (laughs) as always. Thank you. Uh, All right. So that was the first question. We'll move through through some of the other questions a little bit uh, faster. Um, Another big thing that I think is is very different with the superheroes in particular across all the different genres from uh, movies to comic books and beyond. Here's a pitch that uh, I want to run by you, Ken, and then I want to get your thoughts. I think Star Wars is really a generational tale uh, where the past does matter because it's generational and the future matters because it's generational. but Star Wars is generational, whereas superheroes have always been a tale of reinvention. There is only one Princess Leia. Uh, there might be different takes on her. We might see her at different timelines, but there's one Princess Leia. There are infinite versions of Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, Leia lives on to the next generation, uh, and she she inspires the next generation, so she continues in, like, Ben, Ray, Poe, Finn, etc. Uh, but one incarnation of Wonder Woman can just elide into the next uh, sometimes it's explicit 
that a character gets rebooted. Sometimes it's just slowly they shift over time and, and it's a different take. Uh, but she is, uh, you know, always Wonder Woman. Does that does that distinction uh, make sense to you? Makes sense, and, and and it matters to me. That that is uh, not to be uh, just like a snarky little joke, but like yeah, you know, I always say I don't get put, wasn't pulled in by the superhero stuff, and because it, 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 at the beginning, if you're trying to get into it, I got it with GI Joe, and now later on they've rebooted the comic, but it's a toy comic from the '80s, and I get it, and it's there, and Duke is Duke, and Cobra Commander, Cobra Commander and and it rolls on. Um, I would go to the, uh, you know, the, the rack and it's like, I, I remember, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit. Like I'm in my own time machine uh, <laughs> I'm conversations with my pals, uh, uh, Matt Key and, and uh, Jack Conway and Matt Mercer in the early 2000s, uh, 2010s were working on some stuff. We, every Thursday we'd meet and talk and, and they would tell me, Oh, they just, uh, the, uh, the new 51 is out there. And I just pick, what is it? Oh, they rebooted everything. Inspector zero news. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of out at that point. And it's again, me, because what you just said, like princess Leia's Leia. And that's all I need to know. Yes. Dark horse has the rights. And da, 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 da. <laughs> even now, you know, they're well, the way they're handling it. There's no, they didn't reboot the main star Wars line. It's now issue one because it's what happens after empire and it's building on what came before. And that just matters to me again with what the big thing themes you're saying, but I just, I love engaging on it like that. I always say I watch this and take this all in as a living history document. And I don't need the Biff Ten and uh, Pleasure Hotel on my Star Wars timeline to go, <laughs> okay, fine, follow this. You know? Although uh, I do think Biff Tannen probably does have a hotel on Canto Bite. Uh, he, uh, he's a partial owner. He's a partial owner. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he got his stuff got smashed up by the Fathiers, and I want to see that supercut. Uh yeah, I think it just it matters to me because I just I I think I read comic books so early in life and I, I spent so much time kind of processing this of, you know, especially being like a really young kid and like, well, Batman's still kind of Batman, but I know he started in the 40s. I was reading in the 80s and like and he was probably like at least 20 when he started being Batman. So this guy's 60 years old, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was even before explicit reboot events, which really... um yeah. Uh, you know, started uh, the reboot events like Crisis on Infinite Earth started in the 80s. The the different timelines of, oh, that Silver Age Batman is actually a different, you know, um, a universe than uh, than uh, Golden Age. Not, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, start, that stuff started a little bit earlier. But the real, like, no, we, the company, we, the storytellers, are pushing a big red button that says yeah. reset. Yeah. You know, that really started with Crisis. So I... My, some of my earliest earliest storytelling, my earliest sort of connections to to icons were the acceptance that, okay, Batman is always uh, traumatized by the loss of his, his parents. He is always obsessively driven towards justice. And that connects every version of Batman. But then within that, Batman can be this uh, fun, kind of jokey Adam West version who, you know, is concerned that Robin learns to uh, follow parking rules or he can be old, bitter, you know, just uh, libertarian in a bat suit, <laughs> Batman from different, uh, you know, incarnations of the characters and of the character. Uh, and as long as that kind of core of you, you can have fun is like boiled down of like, okay, we can do the surface level stuff of, you know, the costume, the actual backstory, whatever. But what's the core of the character? And, and, and the character is a legend in that way. Yeah. Whereas I always go back to like what really affected me in Force Awakens with Han Solo of 
we'll tell other stories about Han Solo on different parts of his timeline. And, you know, a different writer might have a slightly different spin on Han. A different artist will certainly have a visual different take on him in a comic book. Uh, but that's the end of the line for Han Solo. Uh, yeah. But if, if Batman dies, uh, he'll be back. <laughs> and it'll just be a different version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I think maybe I'm comforted by that. And, and, and as Star Wars, the storytelling has continued to grow. And, and we're going to talk about even the prequels and everything. But just like, I, I am heartbroken that Luke died. Heartbroken. And I had to process I literally had to process it for a few viewings after. I, I think uh, in, in my, you know, in our reputation as being positive Star Wars fans and like, I, no, I sat there for a week going, did I want that? Did I need that? Did I feel that? And and one of the comfort things is, is like the story of Luke isn't done. Just this is how his story ends here in this galaxy as he transitions to another part. And even then in Rise, we're, you're going to get one more moment and you, you could have more of them if you need to. Uh, the power of Star Wars. So, yeah, that me that what, what you're saying speaks to me. of uh, and, and it's not it's not a slight, you know, again, comics have been around for, you know, well, God bless it, you know, 100 years now. Right. I mean, we're getting up to the. You can almost say that on some big getting close, yeah, getting close, which is crazy. Um, some of the big ones, yeah, yeah. only a few and more years, right? Isn't that, isn't that just kind of crazy? This stuff? Um, and it's, I'm not just saying it's, it's a cynical, you know, the, the big red button you think, you know, some of it might be, but I, I get it, that's a different kind of thing. Star Wars started, Star Wars Lucasfilm's coming up on the 50th year anniversary, dear god. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I'm rumbling and stumbling as I often do, but uh, with this week, I've had my mind all over the place, and I just love—I I, I love knowing that um, Leia's story is Leia's story, and, and what we can learn from her past, we will get in a story about her in the past, in that past, and and that's how it will work, not some other version of it. Yeah, and I think the that is part of the power of the sequel trilogy to me as well is the past follows the characters uh you know kylo uh anakin returned in return of the jedi and and defeated vader and made the right choice after all those years of falling to the dark side but that's not the end of the story because his legacy lives on his shadow hurts kylo uh you know kylo thinks that's maybe viable because his grandfather followed that path and maybe that's the path he should follow so you, you have the the darkness of the past but then you know there's so much about leia needing to pass on what she learned and she does live on uh leia absolutely lives on but not in a rebooted <laughs> new take on leia organa she lives on in what she taught ray and finn and poe and rose and uh, that to me is one of the reasons i really love the sequel trilogy is because it is about legacy it is about sort of rebooting leia but it's a generational continuation because of what she passed on yeah which is life yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, so, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, what, what if I, we haven't talked about it much because um, I really do enjoy and respect Star Trek for years. The old uh, battle between the two franchises is silly to me in, in a fun way. Like, I'll have those discussions. But really, I, I so respect Star Trek and, and so have found a lot of enjoyment. I love Star Trek Four, which is definitely time travel, different vibe, different feeling. But I have to admit, I, I loved the first Abrams Star Trek. The second one, I, I you know, wasn't like, like a lot of folks that didn't grab me, but I still enjoyed it. And then when, when, the, when the Kelvin timeline thing came out, again, me, Ken Napsuck, I went, eh, you know, what are you, okay, I'm not, all right. Because I want to know that uh, Chris Pine Kirk um, was tied to Shat Shatner Kirk. Direct, like, I wanted that. I want to know. I want to feel. 
And I want to feel that it all connects. And that's, again, that's where I pull pull off. Uh, and that's part of be having this honest discussion about uh, multiverses and time travels. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a, a really good point. And I think, you know, the way that the J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek film, that the new timeline started was great for me because it was the characters, but then different events happened to them. And then it becomes this kind of fascinating, you know, yeah. how much are you just the core of who you are versus how much are you shaped by the events yeah. that you live through individually, or even if there are big galactic changes or big universe changes in Star Trek, you know, how does that uh, affect you? And I right. think, um, I think that's a fascinating thing in yeah. real life, right? I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's a core of Ken Napsok that is Ken Napsok and it would change if something, you know, if, uh, you know, if something had changed in your, in your childhood, in your family, but it would have also changed if, you know, what if the cold war had ended two years before you were born instead of growing up through the cold war, that would have changed who you are. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm, I can, I can be there for that storytelling, I guess. Uh, I just want to know there's one Ken. <laughs> as far as I know, there's only one Ken. I I don't have any red reboot button, and I, yeah. I wouldn't hit it. I wouldn't hit it. So uh, let's get back to Star Wars. Uh, great that you brought in Star Trek because it is also a show that dabbles in uh, in other dimensions and in time travel. How do you feel about what if story or stories? Uh, what if comics are a big thing in uh, the history of Marvel? There's going to be an animated what if uh, Disney Plus show that takes really well-known moments and, uh, you know, reconfigures them. Uh, like, you know, somebody else getting the super soldier serum instead of uh, Steve Rogers, uh, that kind of thing. Um, how do you feel about those kinds of stories? If, uh, if Star Wars, you know, is a legend that has uh, many perspectives, would you enjoy a Star Wars story that is, you know, explicitly the legend told from another point of view or with characters making other choices? What, what's your interest level in that kind of storytelling? It's, it's, um, it's there. I I've read, uh, Mark Riley's always at the Collider writer's room. He had those comics, the ones that are just like, uh, you know, what is it? It picks up, it starts making some changes and, and Leia goes to the dark side. I forget, I forget what they're called. Um, uh, uh, Star Wars infinities or something comic, comic booky like that. And I read them and, and they're fun. Um, I like what if questions that's part of the discussion of Star Wars. I'd, I'd love to, um, you know, deal with uh, what if Leia had, what if, what if she had been killed? What if, what if she was tortured and, and, and murdered on the Death Star? What would that have done the rebellion? And it suddenly gets, gets very dark, but uh, you know, what if Chewie had won Dejeric, uh and, and not been upset? <laughs> uh, you know, again, bringing in Game of Thrones, I, I have done podcast after podcast after what if Ned had packed up and left and didn't listen to Baelish in the one second that he was, you know, uh, angry and ready to go. Like, uh, but I, I, I don't, I, it's a character examination thing. I I I think your your, your Star Trek take is 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 something I totally um, uh, connect more to the what if kind of questions of of you take that character and throw them in a different situation and and what if that happens and, and where do you go? I am interested in exploring that in Star Wars, um, in a, in small doses. I just and I'll be honest uh, for right now in two thousand as we wrap up two thousand twenty, I would fight against it because I. Bet would be used against other stars, Star Wars storytelling. <laughs> oh, that it would be. This is the the better story. That's what it should have been. Yeah, and I we're all a lot of us are just exhausted of that. Where it could be a very fun philosophical, uh, you know, discussion, a thirty minute episode on, you know, what if this or you know, that's why Jason Fry's, uh, uh, you know, prologue to the Last Jedi novel novelization is so 
I just love it. It's so memorable and powerful to me because it's it's the it's the force reaching out to Luke when Luke didn't want to hear it and giving him a really important what if that somehow turned into clickbait articles on Luke had a wife. Gee, I guess you didn't read it. Um, <laughs> Luke had a dream that he had a wife. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's I, I do want that in Star Wars. If they could find a way, uh, you know, it's almost like I'd rather they do like a like a podcast version, <laughs> not a podcast version, but just like a Disney Plus we're going to sit down with, uh, you know, a, a think tank of Star Wars philosophers and say, what if, uh, you know, what if Anakin or what if Vader had run off with Ahsoka in, at the end of Rebels because he wanted to be saved then? Like, yes, I'm all for that. And I could be interested in that, that kind of storytelling in Star Wars. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the uh, Jason Fry's Last Jedi novelization with the dream from Luke, because I think that's that's what makes me really intrigued by the what if storytelling. Like, let's say, you know, they basically they came up with their own uh, word for it of, you know, uh, Star Wars, uh, fractured galaxy or whatever. Uh, so they were literally saying what if. But it was that it was just like, here's a half hour on what if, uh, you know, Leia had made it to Obi-Wan and he had, you know, told her to go to Dagobah and she trained, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and it was just like, it's not trying to be canon. It's not trying to be a whole alternate thing. It's just like a one off adventure. What if? Yeah. But as soon as you tell that story, I think you're you're in these interesting uh, ideas of what can that story be. Now, that story could just be fun if it was just like, yeah, we want to see uh, Leia in the prime of the rebellion with a lightsaber because it's fun. Great. That story could just be fun. But it could also be a story about um, you can't change time and what ends up the same. Because certain things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. So you have that perspective. Or like like uh, the great uh, dream sequence that starts uh, the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry. It is very much a, you, that, that point of that dream is you should get involved, Luke. This is the force reminding you that you should get involved. And this is what would have happened if you had just stayed home and not gotten involved. So it is... It's a. It's not a fun what if of so we can all enjoy like the fun of seeing Luke with a, <laughs> uh, you know, a wife on Tatooine. It is very. It, it has this strong perspective of the way things happened are the way they should have happened. In this dream, this story is kind of a recrimination uh, for wanting things to be different than they were. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's and it's so effective. So if you could find a way to package that up which by the way side note uh, on investor day when the star wars visions logo came up i went oh they're doing it <laughs> right uh, something that i'm really excited to, to 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 see star wars visions is an intriguing project to me not what i expected in that one second <laughs> just was like oh uh oh we're getting what ifs oh we're not okay yeah yeah so i i think that's the thing is uh, on one hand here's here's the simple way to try to say what i mean on one hand yeah. fun what if stories open up the possibility of here's some fresh storytelling you know what if anakin uh didn't cut off uh, mace windu's arm and he stood there and watched as mace windu cut down palpatine that's right. a, oh man that's a fun juicy what if but doesn't it just quickly become a compare and contrast with what was and therefore it isn't actually fresh and new it is just commenting on what is mm -hmm. yeah because it just yeah, you just change. You just change everything, and 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 yeah, 
I'm sorry. I, uh, my words are escaping me today, but yes. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. sorry. My, my words are not. Uh, my words are, are far too many, so I'll try to tighten it up. Uh, I think the other thing about the what if, too, is is they can become really mechanical quickly because it just becomes like almost like you're, uh, you know, moving around pieces on a chessboard and it's almost more like a pool game of like, but if this ball knocks into this ball, then, you know, which hole will Yoda fall in? And then that yeah. gets away from the heart of it and it's just about sort of like, the you know the dominoes of galactic events yeah it's the butterfly effect uh, it comes into play but again i so i love the discussions in a different way uh you know all right here we go game of thrones again john snow is going to leave castle black he did he he's he's stepping out he doesn't get to because his sister shows up and it changes the story i love we've had that discussion on my game of thrones podcast of where was he gonna go what did he what was he gonna do was he gonna run away uh and could and I don't, I don't like looking at it from plot point. I love looking at it or trying to look at it from what you talked about earlier, the, the core of Jon Snow. What would he do away from it all at that point, at that point in the story? And then I'm interested in it. Then I'm interested in, in just determining that. But I don't the, but then he'd have to go here. And then this person goes here. This guy, I don't want the chessboard. I want the, what, when you take him and move him down that path, how does that affect him? And, and, and kind of what you're saying too, but the Star Trek thing about would it end up being kind of the same, you know, cause it's the core of who he is. Anyways, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, that's the fun stuff in the what ifs. Yeah. So keeping it uh, kind of character focused uh, rather than galactic yeah. event focused. And that, that makes a ton of sense. So there's the, there's the what if of just the fun storytelling, which, you know, I'm not entirely against, even though I just said some critical things about it, but then there's the idea of alternate perspectives how would you feel about storytelling that was explicitly like one of the ideas wrote down of like, what if there was, this is not going to happen, but what if there was a Disney plus adaptation of Masamita's tell all novel about galactic history. So you explicitly know you're watching Masamita's perspective mm-hmm. and none of the events will change, but he's going to have a different spin on who Anakin Skywalker was from his perspective as, you know, Palpatine's right-hand guy, you know, he's going to have a different perspective on who Luke Skywalker is. Right. And all sorts of things. How would you feel? Uh, that's a weird example, but how would you feel about storytelling like that, where we're hearing about events we know, but they're from an entirely different perspective. That's going to twist them around a little. I, it's not weird. At all. I love that. And have quietly been, campaigning for it myself like to no one <laughs> in a room <laughs> um i've talked a lot about the, the a star wars history book that kind of you know say i don't know tells the story about uh, the complete story of the battle of jakku and all the different versions of it from the battlefront game with Iden versio and shrimp shriv on there and and uh wedge and, and snap and all this kind of just putting it all together and telling the story from all those different perspectives would it would it add anything would this would people be tweeting out uh i didn't ask for this story yes but as a story <laughs> i'd love to roll around in this galaxy who you and i are looking forward to obi-wan and anakin maybe having one more conversation and try to work things all out because it's an examination of who they are because we so love these characters i would love that uh, sit down do, sit down with masameda sit down with general veers and and we get and, and, and the from, from a certain point of view stories kind of work for me in that way, but, but go to the, and just almost like it's a Rolling Stone interview with Maximilian Veers. What do you think about the empire? What do you think about this? Why'd you do that? What do you think about that stuff? That is, that is a wonderful expansion of the Star Wars story that gets you to look at it. Um, and it's not canon rolling out, you know, um, but it is part of this picture and helps 
helps with going back and creating different versions or different thoughts and different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'm really interested in that because it keeps it character focused because you always you know it's coming through the filter of a specific character. So we are learning who they are based on how they spin events. And then we're also being invited to look at events from a different point of view. And, you know, the other thing that I like about th this approach is it, it really connects the tapestry of Star Wars. And if you're dealing with a character who has lived through many generations, if, if you did, you know, Maul's take on galactic history or Mon Mothma's take on galactic history or Obi-Wan's, you learn about the character, but then you learn how having lived through them all, they, they're not, you know, Mon Mothma's not on the internet, you know, uh, ranking Phantom Menace, <laughs> you know, versus Rise of Skywalker for which is the best film. She's connecting those events and and making them speak to one another in this in this great and interesting way. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. Connecting. Yeah. Connecting the emotional dots and all that kind of. And, and, and we're just, I'm just, you know, you and I just we love the what character thinks what, what characters think about events is just it's just a it's a fun world to live in for, for me and i know yeah. you know, we always go to obi-wan and the chosen one or something like that yeah i love that stuff how do you feel how would you feel about more things like galaxy of adventures uh they're you know great animations uh made by uh, titmouse animation studio and they really do try to boil down the character and celebrate the character and uh, and connect the dots over their galactic history. There's a great one uh, about Obi Wan. It's uh, kind of all the all the beats, um, but they're done in their own style. They're they're not trying to say the character is someone different. They're not trying to say that the events that we saw didn't happen, but they're done in this much larger fashion, right? Of like much bigger force actions and swings, and it, you know, so it is a different perspective on the story where the events don't change, but the style of communicating them changes. Would you be interested in more stuff like that? Absolutely. The galaxy adventures stuff is, is, is uh, something I just considered a big win for Lucasfilm putting out there, their purpose to try to uh, reach out to the younger, the younger, the younger generation. Like we're talking kindergarten, right? <laughs> in some, in some way. Um, yeah, and and because it 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 is, takes the essence of what you you hopefully will connect with later, and gives you some groundwork and repackages it. And it's a great way to communicate to many new generations or many new fans. So uh, to get that on a, on a bigger scale, and maybe even uh, quotations around this, adult it up a bit um, to speak to the older older fans that need to have some of this stuff. <laughs> Call it reconnecting with Star Wars, a new animated series. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, and that might, I'm so curious, because uh, it's not clear to me from the press they've put out on that show Star Wars Visions, which is going to be some Japanese animation takes on Star Wars, if that's going to be, here's the Battle of Hoth uh, told from, you know, in this different style, or if it's going to be in, uh, entirely new stories to the canon uh, told in a different style. So I'm very excited to see that. Mm -hmm. um, yep. A couple other uh, questions on this sort of multiverse. Uh, so... I think I know what, what you're going to feel about this. We're going to talk about time travel in the second half, but the multiverse, right? I mean, you brought up Star Trek, a great example. You know, one of the, one of the classic Star Trek is the mirror universe where it is a, the, that's a, not a great version of their universe. So uh, they're, you know, angry and awful and violence is the answer. And Spock has a goatee, the famous goatee. Um, how, why I'm assuming you're against that, but why would you be against 
you know, Han in his prime, he's on a mission. He accidentally stumbles into a Jedi temple. He falls through a portal and he meets super evil Han Solo with a goatee who has given into all of his worst instincts and has managed to kill his heart of gold and doesn't care about, you know, helping uh, orphans anymore the, the way our Han does. What, what, what makes you push against it? I've already left the theater. I've gotten up. <laughs> um, what makes me push against it? Yeah, uh, I would absolutely take it for what it is and take it for face value and enjoy it. I'm sure something like that could be done well. I, as, as long as it lands on uh, not a dream and certainly not a haunt and a memory, but like, uh, well, actually, that's a great example of how I love that they play around with bringing stuff in the past. But um why would I push against it? I, this is, I, I'm trying to find the, the not super just gut reaction negative way. It just, I, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel would matter to the story. It would matter to the character of Han. And again, an examination of it and it was presented in that way. I'd be fine. But you know, does he land back in our timeline or the star Wars timeline and goes, Man, I, had a, I had a dream and you were there and you were there and you were there, but he takes something from that and it's used as a lesson. You know, then I'm, it's part of the storytelling I like, but other than that, I think I just get lost in it a little bit. Um, yeah. Is it, is it the quintessential difference that Star Trek, Doctor Who, uh, Marvel, DC, all really dabble in science fiction, whereas Star Wars, this is, this is the critical difference where Star Wars is fantasy, not science fiction. Is that it? Yeah, which is weird to say because, I, you know, fantasy, all, all bets are off, right, uh, uh, in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's often weird that time travel is presented as science. Does that make sense? And I love science. I, I, I don't want to sound that negative, but you know what I mean? You're so right. Uh, it's Again, not all the case. I'm speaking in, in general terms here. But hey, even Doc Brown is a good scientist uh, trying to figure it all out. So that might be part of the Star Wars, the Star Wars problem with me. And again, I am not, you know, you know, I'm not a timeline canon junkie, but yet that really matters to me, which is one of the reasons I might have pulled off of a uh, legend stuff at one point of uh, just, uh, I want to know what matters to the character, to the story I love. So if you can find a way to do it, of course I'm going to be in a theater to give it a try. Yeah. I think or maybe there is something to me about, you know, that, that idea of star Wars as a myth, as a fairy tale, as you know, explicitly, the way we're introduced to it is, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is something that has already happened that so locks it in to time, but also into this, uh, this uh, idea of the, the myth we are, we are relearning about things that have already happened. And I mean, that's definitely time travel, but I think that is where I kind of lock into what gives Star Wars its different and unique flavor and why I don't want just like a, a Star Wars multiverse where there's, you know, a, a different Han or the Han who ended up without Chewie, the Han, like on a storytelling level, like you're saying like, yeah, no Han, Han meeting, going to another dimension and meeting a Han who never partnered with Chewie and, and learning how that would have affected him. Like I can see storytelling reasons, but I think when I get down to it for myself, it is just about flavor. It is just going back to that first movie. Star Wars is a, is a myth where the past happened and it, it can't be changed and you know these characters are, are have limited options and they have to make choices within them yeah 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 and, and I, as you're talking sorry this this could maybe be a different path hear me out here where sometimes you're at, you know, you're asking why about i push up against it and i i'm still 
thinking, I'm still thinking. And I read the notes before this, but I love working through things on air sometimes, friends. Sorry. No, um, I mean, I threw this one at you that wasn't on our yeah. notes because I, I realized it should have been. Well, so again, because of the way, you know, Star Wars often moves me and, and again, having a tough week myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, loss is important in Star Wars. I'll just throw it to like Back to the Future. Uh, who, you know, I love these movies. I love these movies. I, I actually enjoy three more than two, and I'm, I can get in those discussions. And uh, but I love the first one. I consider it one of those quote unquote perfect movies in terms of film school screenwriting stuff. Got it, Bob Gale. Good job. Um, when Doc Brown goes through and spoilers for anyone who's not watched this 1985 film. Um, <laughs> Doc, when it works, and Doc Brown is celebrating it, the the, the scientist that, that that was never respected, that didn't have, uh, you know, wasn't sure he could create something that worked, and and he feels it, and he and he, and he and he cheers, and he's screaming, and the flames are gone, and and Marty's gone, and it's great. And then the second movie begins, and two seconds later, a new Marty's running around the corner. That works for me in terms of Back to the Future. It's fun stuff but when i emotionally connect to that character of doc brown for me for me it cheapens it a little bit of he didn't get to even sit with that emotional <laughs> feeling you know he did if mando chapter 16 spoilers this great moment and the tearful exchange and 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 grogu walks away and the door closes and then all of a sudden around the corner of the star destroyer comes grogu five years later <laughs> We've got to do something about your kids, did like <laughs> it would be fun, and it wouldn't take away or negate my emotions in the moment watching it. But in terms of story, that does affect me. Me, Ken, affects me. It cheapens it sometimes a little bit of of what I've felt and what I feel the characters have felt. You know? Yeah, I any uh, Yeah, it does. I, I would. I would like to hear Din grumble. What well, did did Grogu become an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, last thing I want to ask about uh, on our, our first chunk here, and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, so all the books, all the comics, all the video games from the EU, you know, are labeled as legends. I think uh, Timothy Zahn, who, who contributed greatly to that canon and to this modern canon, you know, put out this really great heartfelt answer. I believe it is an answer to a question on a convention panel about, you know, Legends is more than just, you know, a brand of these books. It really is. This is a story that happened a long time ago. These are myths. And if you love all those legend stories, these are just, you know, somebody else's take on those myths. Uh, there's, you know, multiple opinions, sometimes in real life, uh, looking at limited historical documents, what happened. And maybe the whole EU canon is a different set of historians' takes on what happened. Uh, for you, do we already have, and, and in, in deference to our listeners who are big Legends fans, do we already have alternate dimension storytelling in Star Wars, alternate history uh, mm -hmm. in that Legends is a, is a different continuity that may have been? Yeah, I, I, I think you do. Uh, I think you do. And, and all power to those that hold on to those stories. And, and I love, I, I, I know, look, I, I, when Zahn, when, when the new canon was announced, I, I think even on Jedi Alliance, uh, Maude Garrett and I spent some moment kind of, uh, you know, pouring one out for Zahn and, and his storytelling. Because uh, re regardless of what you feel about it, it it's some of, you know, uh, nowadays maybe not my favorite, but it, it did so much. And it did so much for Star Wars. It did so much for the fans. Yeah, that was that was sad. And his message, remember that message, it was it was great. And it was powerful. And and it was him processing his his own loss of his stories in a way, but they, they weren't there. No one has ever really gone. No story has ever really gone. And I think they do do a good job now 
Um, and it's people like Filoni who had that clone, you know, they put in that Clone Wars line of Ahsoka, uh, you know, saying, you know, ah, there's always a bit of truth in legends. And the fact that they pull things in ships and ships and, and give nods and, and, and the Mandalorian did a lot of that, you know, crack dragon pearls and all those kind of things. I think it's powerful and I think you can use it in a great way. Um, and saying that, yeah, you know, that, that's what you might have thought happened on paper in terms of a timeline. Maybe it didn't, but things you felt there, they happened. And we can we can incorporate that. And I think I think they do a good job and, and will continue to do that. And it's not just a fun nostalgia pool. It's not going, yeah, that was better. It's just going, it's all part of this thing we love. And that's when it's done right, I I really love it. Yeah. I think that speaks to me because it, it does tie to what is powerful to Star Wars about me, uh, uh, for me, about, you know, uh, myth and storytelling and a certain point of view in the idea that all of legends could be there's, you know, just a, a few uh, fractured tablets that tell little bits and pieces of this story. And all of the legends continuity is, you know, uh, the Beaumont Kins of the galaxy <laughs> filling in like, but, but what happened? We, we're, we're pretty sure about these events with, with the, the, the Skywalkers and the solos. But what else? We, knew, we know that one of the children fell to the dark side, but of solo and in Leia, but how, when, you know, that to me, it still, it speaks of uh, different points of view and it speaks of being mythic and it is so much more powerful than, you know, Han stole Jabba's uh, dimension hopper and he hits the button, you know, <laughs> that's science fiction. Whereas the other one to me is mythic fantasy fairy tale. Yeah. And it's, and I, I still hold to, you know, the reason I love modern canon so much is because it's like, all right, cool, we got the answer. Even the Boba Fett stuff, like I've said several times, like, all right, I want what what the answer is. But that doesn't erase, uh, again, going to the Star Trek thing again, I, I think you're very insightful uh, to look at it that way of just like, what's the core and what's uh, what can you take from it? And and sometimes it's it's just a fun name. Sometimes it's a Easter egg in Dryden Boss's, uh, you know, office. And other times it is, uh, it, it incorporates it in a powerful way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for helping me work through some of uh, my thoughts and uh, get to talk a little bit more about Doctor Who and superheroes, which I'm always happy to do. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more specifically about the time travel aspect of it all in just a moment. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And we are back to talk more about multiverse and particular time travel in Star Wars. What are our strong feelings? Uh, Why do we have them? Why are they so strong? We're going to find out. Uh, So, Ken, one of the big things that we need to talk about that uh, Nick uh, brings up in his question is, is time travel a thing now in Star Wars because of the World Between Worlds uh, episode and events in Star Wars Rebels? We talked about it a little bit at the time, but I think it's really great to look at it again uh here's here's my controversial take i want to run past you hot take, <laughs> hot take. so hot take. 
the world between worlds, I can see how you absolutely see that. Ezra walks in, he he hears voices from all different points in uh, the Star Wars timeline. There are portals to specific events uh, that are meaningful to galactic history, meaningful to Ezra and his journey in particular. Uh, Sidious is trying to get in there because it is an access point to connecting all sorts of different points in time. So I can see how you look at that and you go, yes, of course, that's time travel. That's that's a possibility in Star Wars. Uh, but I see it. I see the world between worlds is more of a, a reflection that all moments are connected through the force. Um, I see that 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 is almost an extension of Luke on Dagobah with Yoda mm-hmm. seeing possible futures through the force you know which yoda tells him uh you're gonna see things old friends long gone uh so yoda already tells him that is that is a part of the force it's it's timeless it is connected to everything everything that ever has been or could be or might be is all happening at once in the force and sometimes you tap into that and that's to me really what the world between worlds is Mm. but i think in terms of the actual event we see in Star Wars Rebels, it's some really fun, just time travel nerd discussions to be had uh, that what is actually happening? Is it time travel or not, depending on your point of view? Do you think Ezra actually changed the past when he pulled Ahsoka out? Or did Ezra always pull Ahsoka to safety? I know that some people uh, enjoy their Star Wars pundits to argue and scream at each other. All right. I, I used to be encouraged to do that in other places. So maybe one day Joseph and I will have a, a, a big disagreement over something we view. Today is not that day. Uh, World Between Worlds is still one of my favorite episodes or favorite bits of Star Wars storytelling. I said it then. I'll say it now. You are uh, really tapping into my feelings on that moment tying it to Yoda, what he said, even if that's not literal, even if you're just basing off there. And by the way, I don't know if there's a Rebels recon interview with Filoni where he goes, wow, you know, George taught me this and here's what this really means. Maybe there is, and I'd love to hear it because I love Dave's insight into what he puts into Star Wars and Star Wars overall. I think this is what happened and it happens no matter how you look at it. Ahsoka's always pulled away. This was the event and it's, it's, it's cosmic, it's spiritual, and it is what the Force is. And midi-chlorians are part of the Force, but so is, uh, you know, things we cannot fully understand, and that's part of the fun. The Force finds Luke in a dream. The Force finds Luke in a dream? What? Yes, it does, because that's this world that's built around this mystical idea, and uh, I don't view it as a crutch or an easy way, you know, like the, the, the great, uh, to me, the great rom-com serendipity. What a great thing. Everything can happen because it's supposed to, it's serendipity. It's magic. And so we can do crazy, weird coincidences and you're just going to lo- love it. And Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack are going to kiss on the ice. God bless you. <laughs> Nick Drake's going to play. All right. Uh, that's different to me than, than, and that's sometimes why I don't like time travel. Time bending? Does the world between worlds bend a little time, bend a little dimensions? And is it, a, it could it could you use it to change things? Perhaps that's why Palpatine wanted it and wanted in. Perhaps I why that's why he viewed it as a weapon and something to be taken and conquered and used. Where Ezra did not, um, and also had to learn that you could, you know, the Canaan thing, right? Mm-hmm. Can't reach in and grab Canaan. Can't 
that he's not allowed, doesn't do it. And it's been a while since I've watched the episode in detail. So yes, to answer your question with this long rambly speech, this is what happened. Ezra pulled Ahsoka to safety. That is the answer. No time travel. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, he did reach into the past, but I think that is the, you know, there's uh, so many different uh, theories and discussions of time travel. I just watched um, an old episode of Deep Space Nine that has time travel and has a great, uh, it's absolutely played for, for the lore of Star Trek, but played for comedy about the Starfleet time you know, police basically who every time somebody in Starfleet travels in time, they have to go interview them to see, you know, what they did. And, and you know, there's some great explicit jokes about, is this one of these, you know, recursive things where you were always there or, <laughs> or did you change something? <laughs> you know, and there's many uh, great uh, ways to look at time travel. I feel like in the spirit of Star Wars and in the truth of the events, the reason nothing was disrupted is because there, there isn't a version of, Star Wars history where Vader sliced through Ahsoka and you know and I think philosophically the fact that Ezra didn't know what had happened to Ahsoka but he made some assumptions he wasn't really he wasn't changing something he was doing what he was always going to do which Mm -hmm. you know gets into these interesting questions of you know destiny and choice but but that so that moment for him is different than Canaan. Uh, you know, you could almost get get into this idea of what does a Jedi do? Does a Jedi um, see somebody in need of help and react? Or does a Jedi go say, here is the way I want the galaxy to be. I'm going to go proactively make it that way. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, there's the personal with Ezra, but there's also just the, hey, Ahsoka, oh, she needs help. Yeah. Versus there's my master. I know I lost him. I know I don't want to have lost him. I know exactly what happened and I can change it. I can be proactive and make it, you know, make the galaxy uh, the way we want it to be. Uh, And I think there's just so much in the world between world that, yeah, there's time folds and, uh, Mm -hmm. and Ezra reaches back into the past and and it does affect Ahsoka, Mm -hmm. but almost everything else that's going on in the world between worlds is so supportive of, uh, all of these uh, key ideas of Star Wars about letting go, you know, uh, Ahsoka has the line about, I know what it's like to not be able to save your master. I wasn't be able, wasn't able to save mine either, but you know, for the good of everyone, we need to learn to let go, you know, and that is contrasted with Sidious is you said so great seeing it as a weapon, you know, and you know, Sidious is almost the one who's like, uh yeah no great uh this is this is uh th- th- I think this is the way I want to say it yeah. Ahsoka and Ezra ultimately see the world between worlds in this sort of philosophical way of it's almost a metaphor of like all of these events that happen throughout time before us after us we are connected by them we are informed by them but we need to try to accept them and make our best choices in the moment. And then Sidious is the other side of it, the unnatural side of it is it's a weapon. Anything that has power, I can grab and use and I can change so everything can always be the way I want it to be, the way I need it to be. One is letting go and one is clinging. Yes. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not cheering on Sidious to get what he wants here. <laughs> if, 
if we had seen, and this is to, to, to break it down even simpler for my brain, if, if we had seen Ahsoka be slashed in two by Darth Vader, and now we, uh, a year later or two seasons later, get to see Ezra reach in and, and, and pull her back. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, again, to go back to my earlier point, it, it would have cheapened the effect of that death on me. Same with Kane and, and, and Star Wars doesn't want to do that. It wants to cling to these themes and, 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 and cling to the theme of letting go. Um, yeah, you just described it uh, beautifully to what, how, how I love that episode so much. And remember thinking, especially as it kind of starts to begin, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm rebels against empire. I'm war over lore. I am. And I am. And I love that. I love the pew, pew, pew. Gosh, it's my favorite for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but then I, I was like, Oh boy, what are we doing? We got some stars and Ezra's floating around heaven or I don't know. Um, and it just moved me cause it's just part of the theme. It's part of what the lessons star Wars wants to teach you. Yeah. And like, is that, it is a Jedi temple, you know, and you can just see it as a power, but is that, is that the lesson of that temple of we can, yeah. we can observe the past. We can learn from the past. We can know the past, but we can't change the past and we can't, uh, you know, obsess over the future we just need to make our best choices in the moment is that is that the test is that you know the lesson uh, you know i can see how, how his fans would get excited but i just i just don't ever think like the uh sort of themes in the morals of that episode is someday ahsoka will tell luke skywalker in his prime about that and then he's gonna go there and he's gonna kick darth bane's ass you know it's like mm-hmm. it's so not about time travel adventures it is about that uh, the way time is uh, perceived by our characters. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I refreshed a little bit by reading some of the Wikipedia entries into your point. Uh, it does say in Wikipedia that uh, Filoni discussed this one with Lucas, which is really interesting. I mean, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if you've heard George train him, but uh, yes, no. <laughs> it's been mentioned. We always tease the man in the cowboy hat and I, I've met him in passing twice. Once I was so drunk at Comic-Con, I'm embarrassed by it. Um, but no, I tease him. No, I, you know, I, this is, I love when you see those clips of George just diving on in. George didn't just spit this out on a notepad because he want, couldn't make Flash Gordon. This was in his heart and, he, and, 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 and this is what he wanted to do with these stories. And, and I, I am constantly moved by some of those discussions. And I think Dave, that's, that's, that's what Dave does so well. He carries that forward. And uh, that's why that episode's powerful. Yeah, it, it is a really new way to look at some very old ideas in, in Star Wars and, and, and dance on the edge of, was that time travel? Or, but, if that, but if that's even possible for Ezra to just reach in, whether it was, uh, you know, always happened that way or whether he changed something, if he can do that, you know, what does that do to Star Wars? That's the new part that's exciting, you know, yeah. uh, and, and gives us, uh, you know, lots to, to think about. But all those ideas are just so anchored in, in what has been before. Mm. If there was going to be some sort of time travel story via a place like The World Between Worlds, uh, and again, with full acknowledgement that that's what we just saw in the Lego uh, Life Day special, but if this was more in like proper canon, as, as Nick is talking about, or you know, big crossover event, if there was going to be some kind of time travel story like that, who would you want to see interact? What would you want to be at stake? Oh, I am a Han Solo guy. I... I want to go back to the to the moment where he he turns around to save Luke and save the Death Death Star trench run, 
And I want to examine that moment. It's a headcanon conversation, I believe, in, in my head that's just grown and grown and grown. And Solo added to that to me. I really do believe Chewie's the one going, or you know, part of the equation. But Chewie's just going, come on, we did this to Enfys. We can't do this now. You're better than this. You're better than this. Uh, yeah, you have some kind of, you know, that kind of stakes. The galaxy changing forever um, because of that, those are the kind of what ifs. So that for me, just as a Han Solo fan, does... Does old Harrison come back to a digital thirty-four-year-old uh, uh, New Hope Harrison and, and have a conversation? And 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 you know, and Alden Ehrenreich's in the corner. I don't know. Um, into the solo verse, uh, I, I could I could be happy with something like that. But that's what I'd want to be at stake. Of again, going to the Jason, the Jason Fry thing, the the time you didn't get involved, the time you didn't do something outside of yourself, is real powerful to me. As well, you know, the big ones with loss and all the kind of stuff, but. Um, Taking taking action is powerful to the Star Wars story. Yeah, yeah. I think the if there was a world between world story, I would be interested in like a story of a uh, a Jedi who uh, becomes sort of dangerously obsessed with the world between worlds. Like not, and, and obviously that is the Ezra story. But I'm always thinking like not big galactic amazing thing, but just like uh, a short story almost of. What like I think you know other people have floated this. I believe Filoni has talked about it of um, that Ezra saw specific things because he's Ezra. But if Cal Kestis walked into there, he would he would see some big galactic events, but he might not see Kane and Jarrah's. He would see you know things that are right. meaningful to him. Uh, and if if that was that sort of like danger of hey I'm I if somebody like Cal said I know I know better than to try to change things. Right. But I can't stop watching and I can't stop, you know, trying to will the portal into existence that shows me this moment and like almost just like a fun metaphor for living in the past, for not being able to move forward. Like, you you know well enough not to change, but you can't stop looking at the past and and obsessing over it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, would you would you be interested in based off this, like just like you could go back. You could tell this kind of story where we aren't as attached to Luke, Leia, Empire, Rebels, and all those kind of things. Five hundred years prior, you know, uh, the the emerging High Republic, where a, a, a Jedi can access this world, you know, because this exists, and just kind of deal with all those big themes. But maybe it would be freer. If that mean, I'm maybe speaking. To yeah, myself. yeah, yeah. It's 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 just about that character. Then it's not about our audience's emotional reaction. It's not they, you know. Yeah. Good, bad, whatever nostalgia trap. It's you know, yeah. yeah. If it is a young Tara Sanube, one of my favorite Jedi, and he's looking right. at events that of that we don't know of characters we don't know that we don't already have an emotional attachment to, that would be really interesting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. There we go. Uh, if I if I were going to indulge in just pure Star Wars nerdery for myself of characters to interact, um, and I think ultimately I I don't want big you know, multi-generational crossover outside of fun, different takes like Life Day, uh, yeah. Holiday Special, Lego Holiday Special. You know, I, I could be interested in a story where, you know, against their will, uh, Ben Solo and Obi-Wan are are pulled together. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it's partially because I like those characters <laughs> and yeah. I always want to see more of them. But I, I love, now that it has been confirmed, that... Ben Solo is named after old Ben, mm -hmm. you know, and he's got that line of believing the rise of Kylo Ren, like some old Jedi. I don't even know. <laughs> right, right. Of 
you know, what do those two have to say to one another? And and they have such a different, they both have like trauma to cope with, but from really different perspectives, you know, uh, it would be really interesting to see those characters uh, be sort of forced to interact. Yeah. Yeah. God, no. You're creating uh, scenarios I want to see sometimes. Which is, cause, <laughs> yeah, because it, if it's, if, if, it, if I can accept it outside the realm of this living history document, but use this character examination, then it becomes powerful to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but very delicate uh, to not yeah. just undo uh, the fairy tale magic of Star Wars. Uh, so uh, one thing that you and I touched on, but I think is really important when we're talking about time travel, uh, Star Wars storytelling itself is non-linear already. And not like other things don't do that, don't jump around in time, but in general, big picture, you know, uh, characters march forward in comic books. They travel in time, but in general, you know, we meet them and they, they move forward and same thing uh, with many other stories. But Star Wars is just like the original trilogy happens and then it just explodes out in all different directions. Uh, I say this all the time, but Obi-Wan Kenobi died in the first Star Wars anything and we're yeah. still telling stories about him. Is the fact that, that Star Wars does kind of time travel in the real world a part of the appeal of Star Wars? Yeah, and maybe why I don't feel a, a desire to have actual time travel storytelling or or what ifs and everything, if fun as some of them might be. I kind of feel we get to go back, that no one has ever really gone, and that's not a cynical business plan for me. But just like that, uh, you know, uh, I want yes, I want the new. Give me some new. High Republic's going to be really interesting. Uh, I know some people have already started to, to read it. I, I haven't touched it yet. It's um, I'm excited, but like. Yeah, I get to go back and spend some time with Obi Wan, and and it's the Obi Wan. It's not Obi Wan Prime. Uh, <laughs> that works. It's powerful again. Yeah, I think it's part of what what uh, makes them legends. And I think a lot of our story, our heroes in storytelling, the the ones that mean a lot to me, you know, they do all take on a legendary status. You know, uh, Wonder Woman is a legend. Captain America is a, a, a legend. Uh, Spock is a legend. Um, but there's something different about Star Wars because of, again, that it always started is a little bit of a, a fairy tale of people mm-hmm. who, who seem like they you know, aren't the most important in the galaxy and the smuggler and a farm boy in, you know, uh, Lay is a little bit more important as a Senate spy. But, you know, uh, this old desert rat, uh, Obi-Wan, and, and then we learn that they are legendary because of who they chose to become, what they chose to do. Um, and I think there's something about that that we don't need to see 800 different versions of them. There's something that makes them legendary because they're worth telling stories about. So that even when you, if you first meet a character and they die and the first thing you meet them, in a lot of storytelling, it'd be like, oh, cool, that character was fun. Uh, but now you're like, well, someday we'll maybe see some more stories of, Beckett, <laughs> you know, even though he yeah. died in Solo, uh, you know, I, I have been on the record of at some point I do want to see the final moments, the final choices of Ahsoka Tano. When and how does she let go and move on? That yeah. is in no way saying I don't want to hear tons more stories about Ahsoka. In Star Wars, is really, I think, not entirely unique, but powerful in that way of we're always going to 
tell more stories about these characters if the stories are there. Yeah. Even if they died on screen or in a book or whatever. Yeah. Or you hear a voice in a movie and you're worried if she's gone or not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and it's, it, it is one of the things I think at this point where people who even watch Star Wars a lot get very confused about timelines because of the way Star Wars jumps around. And in a way we get that sort of like, uh, yeah. it, it is real, real world time travel. You almost have to like, you know, set the coordinates in the TARDIS in your mind and go like, okay, right. Mandalorian's here. So that meant that, wow, yeah. Boba Fett looks really old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, you know, the amount of questions after Solo that we all answered here of, uh, I thought Solo was after the Phantom Menace. I mean, yes, you're, you're yes. traveling. <laughs> uh, all right. So to address the second part of Nick's question, uh, which we've talked about a little bit, but I want to address it directly. How would you feel about a big live action cross-generational team up? Is there any part of that excites you that excites you? In- no, I'll say no. I'll say no. I, the, the holiday special, the Lego holiday special, I was so excited for, and it and it works for me because it's Lego stuff. But it, it, like I said, it 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 captures the Star Wars spirit and the lessons and themes, and that's why we reviewed it. That's why you and I um, enjoyed it, and a lot of people did. But yeah, no, I um, I love uh, I love uh, Star Trek Eight. I do not like Star Trek Seven, and some of that I don't need to see. But again, this is so personal. It's so personal. And some people might want to see Ray and Padme on adventure. And there you go. That might be one of my answers of like, okay, cool. Find a way to do that. Whether it's canon or not, Ken, don't worry about it. Just get this two, this story of two powerful um, uh, characters across many years and generations. Okay, cool. I love both characters in Star Wars. Let's, let's play ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I totally take Nick's point about there is a lot of de-aging going on and there's, that's a whole uh, big uh, can of, can of discussion as it were. Um, and yeah, of course, I think that's, I think that's a part of uh, the power of Star Wars is almost as viewers, we have to train ourselves to let go. <laughs> Cause there's a part of me like, yeah, no, it would be, it would be really cool for, uh, Ben Solo to go on a big adventure with Obi Wan Kenobi, but should I let that go because you know accepting things is a is a part of the you know morality tale of of Star Wars. Uh, and is it you know is it, am I being a Darth Sidious viewer? Like I don't care how unnatural it is. I don't care how many uh, big ideas of Star Wars it challenges. I want I just want to see the cool things together. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I and I think the other thing for me is is if you want that fun, you do get it in places like the Lego holiday special or honestly playing battlefront. You know, I loved having the cross generational battles. Uh, you know, they'd had great moments of dialogue. I have got to see Obi-Wan and Kylo Ren interact. And, you know, Obi-Wan has that great joke of, uh, that it looks like a child made that lightsaber talking about Kylo Ren's, uh, sparking lightsaber. You know, you get to have, you get to play as, you know, Anakin and Vader. So you can have fights of, you know, Anakin Skywalker versus Darth Vader. And you get a little bit of that, the part of it that's pure fun because it's a video game and nobody's saying it's canon, you know? Uh, So I've experienced that in ways that are like, yeah, that's fun without the high stakes of that's the movie and, 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 you know, the trilogy and it's, you know, it's really wrestling with the actual storytelling and themes of it versus just having fun with it. Yeah, that I think I don't I don't quite need because it it feels a little too meta, a little too self-aware for me. Um, If there we we already talked about this a little bit, but 
if there was going to be a cross-generational story and that was a thing that you needed to accept, who would you want to see meet one another? You know, I, I kind of threw out for myself the the Ben in Obi-Wan. Who would you want to see or what factions across time just for the sort of the fun part of it? Who would you want? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I um, said Ray and Padme would be interesting to me. Um, I, I wouldn't mind... Um, you know, I was, I was going to say something. I was going to say Palpatine and Kylo. Wait, we did see that. Um, <laughs> but a different version of Palpatine uh, interacting with, with different heroes at, at any time would be an interesting battle. Could they stop the evil at any point in the timeline? Uh, so that would be that would be good f- for me. I think I would love to see... Um, they're so close in the timeline, but I'd love to see... Oh, uh, Qui-Gon and Ahsoka having some campfire conversations about Ooh. what the Jedi and what it means to both of them. Yeah. Oh, that's a really, really good one. I like that a lot. But again, Star Wars offers these uh, possibilities. Ahsoka could absolutely yeah. uh, meditate at a literal campfire and maybe have this conversation in the Star Wars that we have now, you know? Totally. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Leia and, and Padme. Um, you know, I think that there is... I like how much Leia is aware of some great stuff in uh, particularly in the Poe Dameron comic book, uh, dealing with uh, Leia having possession of all of uh, Padme's outfits. Um, yeah. And, and you get that sense that it's a lot, a lot of knowledge has, has transpired, but you know, a, a lot of great developing storytelling in books lately of Leia and Padme facing similar challenges where they, they have a natural ability uh, for leadership and they want to use their, uh, skills and their intelligence and their creativity and their empathy to make the galaxy better for other people. But that comes at this cost of sometimes denying them what they really need or want in the moment as individuals. And there's that part of me just like, could I wish you two could talk and both and know that you both went through the same thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe, maybe on Endor and Brachy village, um, when Leia says that, uh, you know, the, the memory thing to Luke, maybe it opens up a wormhole. Yeah, maybe it does. The other wormhole I would love, and this is just almost jokey, is just, you know, young, uh, kind, uh, nine-year-old Anakin, just a portal. Uh, Vader comes out and, you know, somebody just goes, this is you. <laughs> and it, that fixes everything. <laughs> fixes the entire timeline. No problem. Um, as Star Wars fans, uh, you know, we're, we're always trying to balance our love of the stories with the reality that Disney is a, a big, massive corporation. And uh, that is that corporation is in the business of making money. Uh, they hope to make money by telling stories that are, you know, quality and resonate with people. Uh, do you think Lucasfilm is at a place where they would pursue a multiverse story or different timelines just because those stories are successful elsewhere? What's what's your take on that, Ken? I, I actually don't think they, they would, uh, because I, I, I really do believe that the creators there, uh, understand it, it start, it doesn't feel right for star Wars again. Maybe, maybe it would, maybe we could present it. They, it, 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 critiques of episode nine, uh, put aside and debated in another podcast. I don't think they're just going around, uh, reacting on whims to trends and stuff, if that makes sense to me. Disney Plus being a big trend that the Star Wars helped kind of solidify. I don't think that people in uh, in those meetings, telling the stories on those sets, writing those scripts, are uh, feel that would be the way to go. If, that 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 uh, 
just not the Star Wars way, if that makes sense. I don't know. But it could, I mean, you know, uh, Uncle Bob could suggest it and then we get it. And by suggest, I mean, tell um, how it works is it is a, it is a company, a uh, uh, big one, big one, giant one. So, yeah, I, I just uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they would. I, I just uh, what does your heart tell you? I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think I come down uh, in the same way. And, uh, you know, I, I know this can be a real hot button issue because it gets into real, mm-hmm. really important real world stuff about how big should corporations be? And, you know, are uh, do corporations use our love of their stories to not make us ask important questions about the real world implications of companies? I, I think about that stuff. I take it seriously. I'm not just out here, you know, uh, wearing Mickey Mouse ears going, I do not question the company. That's not who I am. Yeah. From what I've seen, I just think that the the people in charge of green lighting stories mm-hmm. do understand that it, the stories have to have a, a, a purity to them. And not everybody's going to like all those choices. But, you know, when Kathleen Kennedy has said things like, um, I believe it's in the director in the Last Jedi documentary, it could be wrong about that, of she asks herself, why is Star Wars as popular as it is? Well, a part of that is this laundry list of things that we we all can know and, and say. But for her, a part of it is it, it was a passion project for George Lucas. His heart and soul is in that original movie. So I want to hire creators who will, you know, respect the franchise, have discussions, not, you know, uh, just go do whatever they want, but will put some of their soul in it because that is what I think will make the best story and will connect with people and therefore, you know, work well for the company. Um, and I just, I, I believe that perspective. I think that the people making decisions about greenlighting Star Wars understand these big ideas about what makes Star Wars different, that it is a, a fairy tale, that it is what powers Star Wars is, is uh, mystical in some ways. It's, it's spiritual. It's not, I mean, there's a lot of cool tech in Star Wars, but it's not, you know, I think they understand a lot of the things that you and I have been talking about of uh, it doesn't mean that Doctor Who and Star Trek and Marvel and, 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 and uh, DC don't all have legends and stakes. It's just that the way those stories are presented and the way those themes are presented in Star Wars is different. And that's part of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And I, I don't think that they're at a place to just look over there and go, well, it, it's working over there and everybody wants it. So that's what we're going to do, you know? Yeah, look, you have, yes, uh, their their pay stubs changed in 2012 and a, a new corporate logo was on it and all those kind of things. And it's a company, Lucasfilm is a company with infighting and drama and juicy gossip and all these things because it's a place of work. The local gas station has that drama, Lucasfilm has that drama uh, and decisions being made and things being questioned without a doubt. But you got to, most of the people have been there for a very long time. Uh, and those that are relatively new uh, are, learn from those people. And all those people sat around big conference room tables with wood, uh, you know, up there (laughs) and listened to a man who said, yeah, I'm going to make more of my stories and I'm going to do what I need to do to tell that story. And I'm not going to tell you the badass Anakin kid story. I'm not going to do it. And for better or worse, I'm going to shoot it like this. I'm going to write it like this. And this is what I'm going to do. That is the spirit of Lucasfilm still to me still is if you still talk to those people because they, they that brought them there um that's why they worked there uh that are working there 
um, you know, workplace daily dramas, toss it aside. So that's where my answer kind of comes from. Yeah. And I think I agree. And, and I think that we should, you know, question and be mindful and all those things. But I think also we can slip into a kind of cynicism where we assume uh, that things are corporate decisions when we don't, we don't know, you know, yeah. and I think for me, for my two cents, uh, there's been a lot of decisions that this Disney era of Lucasfilm has made that are absolutely they're trying to sell as many things as humanly possible with Grogu, Grogu on them. They tried yeah. to sell as many things as humanly possible uh, with Rogue One. That is a part of the Star Wars empire. It's a part of making money. But they still, in the second film out of the gate, uh, sold endless toys of the Rogue One crew that they <laughs> murdered. <laughs> you know, if you're just making a corporate decision you you know to sell the most toys you don't murder everybody if you just want to sell as many luke skywalker action figures as humanly possible and i say the following as somebody who loves my luke skywalker action figure and loves luke skywalker in the last jedi you don't do luke skywalker's midlife crisis if your only goal yeah is to sell hey kids take this figure home and have your own crisis uh with it you know uh, it, 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 you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not criticizing Last Jedi or the action yeah, no. figure, which is right by me, which I love with all my heart. But I, it, it's not the most buy an action figure friendly story uh, for Luke mm. Skywalker. And then to even go to right now, Ken, what is the fate of Grogu? Will we ever even see him again? Do we know? And is he also the most marketed and marketable thing that has appeared on screens in the last several years? Yeah. To me, that just that gives me faith that whatever's happening to Grogu was the storyteller's decision. Because if it was someone who just wanted to make money, Grogu would not be hanging in absolute ambivalence right now. Ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I'm saying, that spirit there. For, again, for better or worse, and you're going to have a lot of people who say worse, a lot of people say good, and, and or in between. And there's wonderful a podcast industry-based <laughs> discussion. I still believe that. I still think they're telling, they're letting them tell the stories. And are, are there, you know, think tanks? Is there an internal like we got to do this, got to do that? Well, of course, of course. Um, I, I, I absolutely believe that. Uh, are there are there bad decisions along the way? Some stuff with Boyega and the lessons that hopefully they can learn from that. Absolutely, absolutely. To your to your your big point of uh, of this part of the conversation about its corporation, there's a lot of things. A lot of things. Uh, I just think it can be. The cynicism we talked about, cynicism is a real easy choice in life. And I'm looking right now at my Infus Nest Black Series six inch scale uh, figure on her, uh, you know, her Cloud Rider uh, speeder there, her Cloud Rider bike. Uh, you could go, they just designed that to sell a toy. Or you can go, the people that worked and, 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 and developed that character both on page and in concept want to create something that is cool because they had things in their hands as a child that were cool. That meant great things, meant powerful things, but it's cool. It's baked into Star Wars. You once said nostalgia's baked into Star Wars because George Lucas said, remember those things that moved me as a child? I want to do my version of that. Um, but it's easy to look at Infus Nest and go, ugh, they just wanted to make a toy. And yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, very well said, Ken. Uh, last thing I'll have to say on it is, you know, I, I do think absolutely uh, Favreau and Filoni are, are making 
uh, a show, The Mandalorian, that is popular and and there's plenty of discussion about it but people seem to be really responding so they're great yeah we're gonna keep working with these storytellers we're gonna ask them to tell more stories and we're gonna bring in uh new storytellers and and have them tell their stories but yeah of course if something's successful i think they're gonna respond to it uh you know within limits and for me i just i think my perspective after years of doing this podcast and uh, getting to hear from lots of different fans and learning how generational fans are down to, you know, what was your was your first exposure to Star Wars, a, a specific video game? Well, that changes your opinion on what Star Wars should be. So I think the company is is going to try to be responsive to some things being very popular. To me, at, at this point, the idea of Star Wars trying to pander to a fan base is just kind of like funny of like, how do you possibly do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The criticism of Rise of Skywalker of, for me, the idea that it's pandering to fans. Like, well, who? How? <laughs> you know, how do you pander to, you know, a, a group of people with so many different views, you know? Yeah. yeah. Time after time, proven to be pretty, pretty impossible. Yeah. Star Wars. It's difficult to pander these days. That's a, that's my hot take. Uh, all right. Got a final fun question for you, Ken. So this is kind of the the ultimate dimensional crossover. The ultimate story is that Star Wars, Star Wars characters come to our actual world, our universe, and uh, realize first that we talk about them all the time. If that happened, uh, which Star Wars character would you want to have on our podcast? I mean, come on. There's no doubt it's Dexter Jetster. Like, why would you not want him to be there? Uh, you know, I would say even Lor Santeca because he's got a lot of stories to tell. Um, but I, 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 his he might be a little dour. I love Lore, but he might be a little dour. You know, we only got to meet him at a stress stressful end to his existence. But Dexter, it, it would be you just turn the mic on and he'd take care of the rest. Oh yeah, you'd have a hard time getting him to stop. He would have yet another story about mining, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, my answer, you know, it could be many characters, but I'm going to go with Yoda because uh, Yoda's got great wisdom. You have the fun of like, OK, he's he, he does have a different style of talking. That's going to be really interesting on a podcast. But I also get the the sense that, you know, Yoda's got that uh, very whimsical side of him. And like, you know, could you break him down and get him just, you know, saying, telling stories that maybe he shouldn't about a funny thing Mace Windu did once. <laughs> Can you get like wild out of control Yoda just, you know, telling stories he maybe shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, 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 you could, I can hear Yoda doing a laugh. <laughs> and a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we could get a uh, celebrity Jedi gossip out of Yoda is I think yeah. what I'm getting to. And, and look, Maz Kanata would be good too. I also oh. think, She'd just be like, oh, my, you know, my boys, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth about so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you want to know the, the real Boba Fett? Let me tell you. I know Boba Fett. Yeah, I think that would uh, be great. Uh, if we could get Maz Kanata and Yoda to just replace us on Force Center, that would maybe be perfect. Um, so that's our big look at uh, multiverse time travel in Star Wars. Uh, we say this often but i think there for me there are specific episodes that really call for it of a lot of things we talked about here today are super uh subjective speaking mm -hmm. of not being able to pander to star wars fans because everybody has a different opinion for me this feels like one of those episodes to to really remind people 
we uh we we try to keep our ears open we try to listen to different perspectives but ultimately we are uh, two star wars fans sharing our takes and that's what we have done this episode we respect that there are other takes out there ken do you have any final thoughts on time travel multiverse and star wars yeah look i i uh, i clench my fist and say no 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 to time travel but uh, <laughs> you know it is it's it's always about how it's presented, I, I you know, and and how I engage with Star Wars is provides me I don't know great peace as a fan to just uh, find what's there, find in the story, find what I connect to, and find the joy. Something we've been saying a lot, especially this year, and as time goes on, and even you know people on the same sides, quote unquote sides of the Star Wars argument, uh, sometimes go at each other too. Well, by the way, it's weird that there's sides and this whole thing's just spun out of control. And this, this conversation has a lot of my personal opinions, a lot of my personal experiences, uh, some of them particularly on a, on a tough week for me too. So, uh, and that's changed over time. I, I was, uh, I'm bummed Han died and give me the green lightsaber in, in, in episode eight. And I believed all that and loved all that. And there could have been a version of that, that, of those events that that was presented differently that I would love, but we have what we have. And that's part of why I don't even enjoy the concept of time travel in real life. I don't want to go back. I want to live in the now and figure out what it's teaching me and how I can go forward. I think that is a perfect way to end our discussion. So do you want to tell people where they can find us? I would love to. We appreciate uh, all of you listeners. You can find us at on Twitter at Force Center Pod, Instagram and YouTube. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Again, remember, Joseph said that we had that question pinned to the top of our Twitter feed. If you want to uh, call for questions, if you want to reach out to us, that's the best way to do it right now. Podcast is on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more, including Amazon Music, merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. It's a good time to get our Speculate Responsibly t-shirt. Uh, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. Don't forget to check out our uh, partnership with Inside Editions. It goes to January 8th. You get 35% off across their website by going to insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. FC35. Um, use that and get some cool Star Wars books and support the show in the process. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsack or go to Cadnapsack.com on all the information, uh, things I do, upcoming shows and upcoming networks uh, with the Good People Association. I'm uh, building with Josh McCuga, Mark Riley, and Eric Bass of Shinedown. All three of us, all four of us, excuse me, Star Wars fans of a different sort. We've already had some fun discussions around the office. So uh, <laughs> there. Uh, and uh, Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for lots of stuff, comedy albums, my other podcast, Obsessed. And there is a ticket link right on the front of my website for the online New Year's Eve show I'm doing with the double clicks. There will be comedy, there will be music, and there will hopefully be some emotional catharsis about this difficult year for all of us. For now, for myself, for Ken, for the world between worlds, and... Special thank you to Nick Field for the fun question. This has been Force Center. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.